into the area. Janček, stab through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, the heart and soul of Edinburgh, as Scott Wilson would say. We're into a new season almost, so a little bit of a new sound at the start, a bit of a new look if you've seen the website, the social media account, or possibly the little logo stroke artwork that comes up on your podcast app. So we're freshening things up, uh, Mark Donaldson, ahead of uh, hopefully a fresh start for Hearts in a new league season. Yeah, looking forward to this, Laurie. And uh, are we are we keeping our name or are we becoming scarves around the Hummel, which I thought was very <laughs> clever? <laughs> yes, that was very good. I am Laurie Dunsett. I should have mentioned that, but obviously... Um, Age before beauty, so Mark gets his name first. Um, yes, we um, give ourselves a little bit of a new look, inspired by the Hearts kit of 2005 to 2007, in particular the away kit. So we've got some chevrons next to the Ooh. the letters S A T F, and indeed, um, yes, inspired by Hummel. So I was impressed with. And I can't remember who it was off the top of my head who said scarves around the Hummel, but whoever it was on Twitter, well done. Is it Hummel or Hummel? Hummel, Hummel. Oh, God, now you're asking. Um, Hummel rhymes with funnel. Hummel doesn't. Um, Pass. It's funny how you say what you've always said. You've obviously always said Hummel. I've always, always said Hummel. I don't know who's right. Neither do I. Uh, pronounce Hummel. How to pronounce Hummel? Uh, <laughs> this is when you get all sorts of, of, of weird and wacky Look, things. Um, a, we, we don't know, and it doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't. It's a fresh but, start for a new season, and you're going off on a tangent indeed. within about 60 seconds. Yeah, well, we're never going to lose the tangenticity of this podcast. But I like it. It's sharp. It's fresh. It's a bit retro as well. It takes us back to... When we had a really good start to the season in in 2005, 2006. And I want Scottish, I always want Scottish clubs to do well in Europe. That's just me. I know everyone's not the same. However, however, I have to say that having watched both, le- well, I watched the second leg. I watched the game yesterday of, of Michelin against Celtic. I was not unhappy when it went to extra time. No. And... I, looking at the League Cup draw now, I know it would have been better if we'd been seeded, but there's not that fear factor anymore. I look at their players, and there's a couple of them could pass by me in the street, and I wouldn't know who they were. I don't want to tempt fate, because I I saw your tweet earlier simply saying this, 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 and this. I'm getting so excited, and that's typical hearts. It's like, we're the benevolent fund, even when things seem to be going our way. Here you Mm -hmm. go, have three points on the opening day. But we've got a chance. I'm glad I took the 11-2 to last week for, for Hearts to beat Celtic. Would I take a draw now? Would you? We'll talk about that. We will talk about Hearts against Celtic, the opening league game of the season. Um, um, we've got a signing 
to talk about as well. And we'll have a little bit of a chat about, I suppose, a prediction for the season ahead and how people are feeling. We had a lot of tweets about predictions for the campaign ahead. Um, And before that as well, we will look back at the Inverness Caledonian Thistle match, obviously Hart's last game before this podcast. So let's start with that match against Inverness Caledonian Thistle, a, a Sunday tea time kick-off at Tynecastle in the final group game of the Premier Sports Cup Group A. Uh, let's have a quick listen back to the, the key moment from that match. Dees picks up once again, back into the box and Kingsley stabs it away this time. Returned by Devine, flipped on by Sutherland but no one there for the visiting side and Smith can clear Going to be aid as well to flick the header on. Maybe a chance on the break for Hearts. Boyce rolls it to Walker. Walker into the area. Left shot and Hearts have the lead. A quick break from back to front. A little flick header from Nongbie. Boyce slips it through for Jamie Walker. And he drills in his first of the season with his left foot. And finally, finally Hearts have the lead. 16 minutes to go. Hart of Midlothian 1. Inverness Cali Thistle nil. Well, as soon as Michael Smith cleared it from his own defence in his own box, it goes into the middle of the park. Non DBA goes for it. Boyce and Walker go beyond them, hoping for a little flick on. The flick on is there. Walker goes to the left. Boyce takes it out, and it's just a lovely weighted pass. He gets it across his bodies. So Hearts won Inverness Cali Thistle nil. Um, now, going into this game, after all the other matches in the group stages of the Premier Sports Cup had been played. It meant Hearts knew what they had to do if they wanted to be seeded. They had, of course, already won the group and qualified for the second round, but only the top three seeded teams, uh, top three group winners, I should say, are seeded. Um, now, they basically had to win and score at least two goals. That was the simple way to look at it. So any win apart from 1-0 would have put Hearts in the draw in the second round as a seeded team. And this was against an Inverness side who were already out of the competition. Um, now, first up, looking at the team and the formation, just two changes from the side that won 2-0 against Sterling on the Tuesday evening. Uh, John Souter had a little niggle, but apparently it was just a precautionary measure to keep him, for, keep him fit for Celtic to not play him against Inverness. So he dropped out, as did Peter Haring, and in came Finlay Pollock and Armong Nongdwie. I guess the interesting thing, though, was Hearts moved for the first time from the start of a competitive game since early to mid-April to a back four. So this was Craig Gordon goals, Smith, Halkett, Kingsley, Cochrane back four, Pollock, Halliday and Liam Boyce in the middle. So Liam Boyce playing a sort of number 10 role, so you could call it a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 with Josh Ginelli and Gary McKay-Steven flanking Armong Nongdwie. So, team-wise, first up, Mark, were you surprised that Robbie moved things to a back four, or was this the time to maybe give that a run out? I was surprised, and I didn't like it. I didn't like Liam Boyce playing deep. I didn't like the fact we had Haring and or Popescu on the bench, either of which could have come in to maintain a three at the back. I think when you've got something and it's going to be your your formation, mm-hmm. why are you throwing a, a four into the into the mix? Clearly, Robbie believes that he, he felt that was still going to be good enough to get the required goals. Uh, Haring, I can maybe understand if, if, 
if Haring's going to start against Celtic, then it makes sense for him not to uh, not to, to, to play. I know they brought him on for Andy Halliday after an hour or so, but Popescu was on the bench. I mean, are, are we saying we don't trust Mihai Popescu to play in a back three in a game at home against <laughs> Inverness, Caledonian Thistle? Do we because trust, do we trust Mihai just... Popescu to play? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Why is he on the bench? Because you can, you can have nine subs, so you need to fill them with someone. Yeah, but if you're going to... I just... I, I, I don't I don't understand why um, the formation was, was, was changed. No, no, I, no I, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, I think from, from what we've heard and from what you've seen, Robbie's building a, a back three in this 3-4-3 formation as his preferred lineup, and I think he's had one eye on Celtic for a for a few weeks and these Premier Sports Cup games, although important to an extent, they have been useful to I suppose prepare us for that game against Celtic because with all due respect, Peterhead, Cove, Sterling and Inverness, they are not the same challenge as Celtic, even if Celtic are in disarray. So no I I, I agree with that. And I think if you look at the game, um we, we didn't look quite as settled in this team, I thought, as we have done in that three-four-three, and certainly from an attacking perspective. That said, I mean the game did open up as it went on, and I think on another night we could have got the goals that we needed to be seeded. I think we had sixty-one percent possession, and twenty-one shots, and twelve of those on target. Um, I jokingly said on Twitter that it's the best performance from Mark Ridgers since his co-commentary of. St Johnston alongside me in 2014 when there was three red cards and six goals um, but he did have the game of his life certainly the, I think the best game I've seen of him in goals um, so is it one of these where we just have to accept it wasn't our night or should hearts of you know knowing what they had to do you know of course they won they won the group without conceding a goal but we knew at kickoff we had to score two goals and we didn't is that can that be seen as a a, a, a failure to an extent um, okay, if we won that game 5-0, which given the chances, the quality of chances we have, we could easily have done that. We wouldn't be sitting here talking about should it have been a back four or a back five. Here's my issue with, with, with Hearts. I, I think we are, are too timid. I think we are too reactive until we need to be proactive. It's like 20 minutes remaining shit. We need to, yeah. we need to score a couple of goals. let let, let's let's up the tempo. Let's let's start now. That wasn't the case the first game of last season in the league against Dundee. We went right at them from the start, and there was a couple of other games, but there weren't enough last season. We did enough last season to do what we had to do and, and get promotion. But that was about it. I don't want to see us wait for something to happen against Celtic, whoever, against Aberdeen, against St Mirren in our our, our second game. I want us to go and make the play. I don't want us... It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the, the first three or four rounds um, in a boxing contest where... Well, I don't know where the phrase feeling each other out came from, but it's a weird phrase. But it's like, well, I'm not prepared to, to have a go just yet. We're not saying um, go gung-ho from, from the star, but why did it take us... I mean, most of our, our chances, our decent chances, were towards the end of the game. Um, a lot of them were in the second half. I just feel that at times we're more of a reactive side than a proactive side, and I hope that can change, Laurie. 
No, I completely agree. I think start of the second half, you would have hoped we were kind of out there all guns blazing, but it was kind of midway through the second half when, you, like you said, you start closing in on final 20 minutes. Jamie Walker came on midway through the second half. I thought he changed the game positively. I mean, if we look at if we look at positives, um, I don't want to spend too much time on the next game. Po- but, no, there, yeah, and there were there were plenty positives as well for us to look at. But I mean, Jamie Walker. Who, I mean, this is a massive season for him because you know he returned in 2019 on a three-year deal. So this is his final 12 months. Of the deal he currently has at Hearts just turned 28 last month, and this is normally what you'd say is what a player's peak, uh, an outfield player's peak when they get be. to the end of the, the the end of their 20s. They should be a seasoned pro, so to speak, but still have. I guess enough energy, potentially enough enough legs to make the most of that, if that makes sense. Obviously, you know, defensive players, goalkeepers, it's slightly different. But for an attacking player, you feel like late twenties, maybe early thirties. This is when they're peaking. This is when should be they should be at their best. So this is a big season for him, and I think from a positive point of view, I thought he looked lively and with a goal, it showed what he can do. I mean, he made it look simple, but it's coming onto his wrong side, his left foot, and he, and he tucked it away very nicely. We don't have that many players that can do something or create something out of nothing. Jamie Walker is one of them. Gary McKay-Steven is another. Josh Ginelli is probably the third of those. He, he can get bums off seats. He can excite, but he's inconsistent. And it's been a fascinating tale. The, the whole thing that's played out, in the media, and certainly in the evening news, with with Robbie Nielsen coming out and saying why Jamie Walker's not really been involved, then Jamie Walker telling Barry Anderson, "Well, I'm kind of fit. I feel fit. Um, it was my decision that I wanted to do more of that." I'm, I don't know what the relationships like. I've got no idea what the relationships like between Jamie Walker and Robbie Nielsen. But I know how you can make that relationship not necessarily good. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to be so that Jamie can't be left out. Anytime Jamie gets the chance, Jamie has to take that chance. That's not always easy. I've seen games, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about Jamie Walker over the last year or two. And he's a player who fascinates me because I, I love the kid. He's got a lot of ability. But I don't know why from time to time there's a goose egg that's, that's, that's dropped in there um, with his performance. Was it the semi-final or was it the final against final. Hibs or Celtic? Final, final. against Celtic, you're thinking of, I think. You, you, yeah. you could have you played a, a, anybody in there um, who would have been as effective as, as Jamie. The game just passed him by. I don't know. We, we had the conversation, didn't we, about saying that if it was me, I would sit down with, with, with Jamie and I would accentuate the positives. I don't know what type of player. I mean, I used to interview him back in the day. I don't know what type of man he's, he's developed into. Um, but you need different ways of managing different players. There mm-hmm. might be some you kick up the arse, some you put your arm around the shoulder. Again, we're speaking from the outside looking in. But Jamie Walker can ensure that he's not a sub every week by when he gets the opportunity like he did to keep performing, keep banging them in, and Robbie's going to have to find a place for him. It might end up being he's a super sub to bring off the bench. Um, I, I, I don't know, but I just... Jamie at his best is an asset for the football club. Yeah. How do we ensure he's at his best more often than not? I think that's the main thing, and I think it's why there, there are frustrations with fans with Jamie Walker at times, because he has these kind of peaks and troughs, and when he peaks, he looks fantastic. It's like... 
mm-hmm. we need him around. You know, he comes off the bench maybe and he scores a great goal or he influences a game very positively and then he'll have a run where he just seems completely anonymous. And maybe it's just the way it is with a, you'd call a flair player, wouldn't you? But it is frustrating because, you know, he won't, he won't have much influence on matches or he'll drop out of the team for long periods and then he'll suddenly come back and you wonder, where has he been? Why have we not had this guy playing like this in the team? So hopefully this is the year where he, he does find his feet again because when he was younger, there was a period where he was more consistent, you know, and he helped Hearts get back up to the back up to the Premiership. And even that first season back, he, he was very, well, very consistent. But he was much more consistent than what he has been in, in his second spell. So hopefully he still has a big part to play for Hearts this season and maybe beyond that. Looking beyond the match against Inverness, so obviously Hearts couldn't get the second goal, which meant they would not be seeded for the second round. And some people would say maybe inevitably the draw came out as Celtic away. However, right now, anyway, Celtic away maybe isn't quite the same daunting task that it once was or might be again in the future. Um, Celtic Hearts have played a few times recently in the League Cup, actually. They lost a semi-final to Celtic Hearts did in Mur- at Murrayfield in 2018, a quarter-final at Tynecastle in 2015, um, then a third-round game in 2014 at Celtic Park. But the two games before that were two wins in a row for Hearts, both at Celtic Park. That was a quarter-final in 2009, where Michael Stewart scored a penalty kick and a 2 0 when in 2007 at the same stage with a Velichka double. Um, now, two League Cup wins at Celtic Park. Um, there's only been three ever for Hearts. Two of them came in two years. The other one was in 1954. So this game, Mark, will play Celtic now on Sunday, the 15th of August, a three o'clock kickoff live on TV. We might have a different feeling about this after Saturday's meeting with Celtic, but as things stand, it's not as bad a draw as maybe you would say it looks on paper? No, it's not. It's not the ideal draw, but it it is what it is, and I'm not frightened of it. I think they're a mess right now. I think they're an absolute gang. I think they're all over the place. But we've got to take advantage of that. We can't be the benevolent fund that I discussed earlier. It's early in the season, like a first game of the season home to Celtic in the league. This is our third game of the season before we, we face Aberdeen in the league. So twice in three weeks, I'm all for that. I don't think they'll be sorted to where they want to be. I think that could take a while, and I'm not sure with Ange Postecoglou now the second favourite for the sack race, but that's their problem. He doesn't see, worry I didn't about see that. that. <laughs> yeah, he's second favourite behind the boy at Dundee United. Um, but that's the pressure that comes with being the manager of Celtic, and They've got a backline that, that are there to exploit. I just, it's too often over the years, Laurie, I seem to say every time we go through to Glasgow, whether it's Ibrox or whether it's Celtic Park, it's at times I felt like we're a goal down before we've even kicked off. It's like you get off the bus and you're like, you yeah. shit yourself because you see the marble staircase at Ibrox or you see the big, the big signage outside Celtic Park. We need strong characters to go there. We need players that can believe that they can win there. I mean, do you want to, do you want to, Respect the opposition or respect the team? Well, you respect the opposition because of what they've achieved. But you, you look through the team, you're like, okay. And then you see all the kids there and you're like, right. And then you see Odson Edward, if he's even still there, who did not try 
um, an iota in, in Denmark, they've got a lot of problems. That doesn't necessarily mean we just show up and we go, hey, happy days, let's, let's take the victory. No, we, we've got to earn it. It's, it's belief that we can win it for a start. It's tactics um, from the, the coaching staff to have a chance to win it. And it, it's, a, it's a bit of good fortune as well. Going back to, to why we're playing Celtic in the League Cup and, and not as a seed with a hopefully an easier draw, albeit I believe the last twice we've been unseeded in this competition in the knockout stage we've gone through. And the last time we were seeded, we went out. Um, to, to Alawa, but that, that's another story. The St Mirren, um, they got a seeding, didn't they? And one of their games was a three nil awarded victory because of because of COVID. So yeah. it's not all hearts. For, I mean, there's very little. I, I think it's easy to jump on a bandwagon of blame and, and kind of frustration, but when you when you peel back um, the layers a little bit, and, and if someone says to you, "You're going to win all four games." hearts and you're not going to concede in the the group state i don't care who you are you're the majority are taking that now as it so happened one of the other teams that are seated ahead of us got awarded a 3-0 victory which helped their their goal difference i don't want to get involved in mudslinging here because did we not play an ineligible player a couple of seasons ago and they made up a rule for us that kind of kept us in the competition. So it's easy to kind of have all your eggs in one basket without seeing what, what else is out is out there. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think we knew, I think from us we knew, what we, we knew what we had to yeah we knew what we had to do. 100%. No, I'm 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 just saying we we knew what we had to do and we didn't do it. So for for that reason we've got no one else to blame but ourselves. However, there is a caveat in that one of the teams that beat us to a seeding won uh, a game by three goals to no. However, that same team playing devil's advocate against myself played before us against Partick, got the job done, so we knew it kick off. We were the only team kicking off then. What to do? So, yeah, I'm not frightened of Celtic. I, I think the likelihood is it's, there are very few teams that can win a cup competition without beating one of the old firm. Unless they get drawn against each other and then the team on the opposite side of the draw or whatever. Um you're going to have to beat them. It's not ideal, but I, we should not fear Celtic at all. Talking of not fearing Celtic, we will have another game, as you mentioned, against the Hoops before that cup match. That's this coming Saturday night. And although in recent years we haven't had too much good fortune against Celtic, there's been... Been the odd one and another one in the past which we'll maybe touch upon as well. So let's have a quick listen. Let's get ourselves G'd up for Heart of Midlothian against Celtic on Saturday night. From Tierney, edge of the box, charging into the area. Great only Mike Piazu. Ball into the area. Oh, he's done it again! What a finish! Unbelievable. Absolutely. Kyle Lafferty makes it four and four against Celtic!
Ausländer, das Dream Auto aus Mekan. Aus Mekan kommt aus Mekan! Aus Mekan! What a goal! Aus Mekan has scored the goal of a lifetime! Austin McCann has perhaps had the Rangers the title and Austin McCann has perhaps put a stamp on a passport that takes hearts into Europe. Fourteen minutes left here at Tynecastle. Hearts leading by three to nil. Milinkovic from 12 yards, steps up, scores! Unbelievable scenes in the capital! The champions are being destroyed, dismantled! They're taking an absolute pasting from the Jambos! Part of Lothian 4, Celtic nil, goodbye unbeaten record, Brendan Rodgers! Some of the Celtic fans are heading for the exits. I think they've forgotten how this feels and boy, I've forgotten how this feels. Are you feeling psyched for this one, Mark? I, I think I'm feeling psyched. Well, psyched, so what is? It's a bit for a hipster word, a bit too trendy a word. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm an old man, <laughs> mid forties, who's been through many, many seasons, starts before, and sometimes when you don't expect, you get a, a surprise. I don't think we expected the start to the 0506 season. A, a tough one on paper at Kilmarnock, but the, the, I'm pleased it's Celtic first up. It's, it's kind of fallen into our lap with, with their issues and their, their problems. I don't want them to be able to get their feet under the table and get a bit more comfortable, and then we face them kind of October, November time. Mm-hmm. Let's bring them on right from the start. Let's go at them from the start. And I've said over the, the last few months, I think Hearts have got a problem when it comes to trying to force the issue. When they're expected to do well, uh, teams can sit in, and it becomes difficult for Hearts. That won't happen this weekend. Celtic will feel that they, they, they kinda of have to win now, to be honest, because the last thing they want to do is is, is be trailing Rangers um, after one weekend, given how how much of a favourite Rangers are right now. So they, mm-hmm. they're desperate to, to win. They're gonna to have to have a goal. I think that, that suits us because I think we struggle against sides that we're expected to do better against. So there's there's no excuses not not to have a goal. To an extent, you're not going to go gung-ho. I think it'll be a 3-4-3. Three, three, uh, and I, I think the two kind of wide players will, will tuck in when we don't have possession. Um, and then the two wide midfield players will form a back five. So I think it'll be a flexible 5-4-1 um, when we don't have the ball. And a 3-4-3 three, three when we do have the ball. And I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I really am. Um, I know... I, I'm annoyed at, at the city council. I think they've made a right pig's ear of things. And yeah. I know they've added another 700 tickets or whatever. And this is this is not Hart's fault. Um, this is this is the the authorities, for want of a better phrase, making it up as they go along. What has changed between when we first knew how many were going to be in attendance to the next few days when it's suddenly 700 more? They've made an arse of it. They've come under a bit of pressure. They've caved in a little bit. It's not going to be a full house. But 
to, to the best of my knowledge, we there won't be any away fans. So no. we'll have over 5,000 Hearts fans. So they're going to make a, a the, the, you would like the equivalent, you'd like to think the equivalent of the noise that, that a full house might make. So it's up to those who are going to, to, to make sure, as Scott Wilson would say, to let's make some noise and, and, and bring that noise back to Tynecastle. Yeah, I, I mean, fans were right to be unhappy with, with the first kind of update. And this is, as you say, it's not on Hearts. Hearts are the ones sharing the news, but it's Edinburgh City Council. You know, and the biggest comparison was the fact that for less than 40 miles away at Fir Park, which is 35% smaller capacity than Tynecastle, they would have 35% more fans inside that ground, including 2,000 in one stand from Edinburgh. So it, it was bizarre that there was only 4,500 allowed at Tynecastle and part of this feels to me why are why are these individual councils making these decisions you know who where is the specifics for all this I know they've talked about the distancing rules blah 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 but it does feel like it's opening up to this sort of thing where you're like well Edinburgh Council are saying one thing um is it Lanarkshire Council I assume Probably, yep. I assume it is, but you know, one of these things sometimes it's a, they fall under a different council or whatever. But and they're saying one other thing. It, to me, it seems a weird way of doing it. But you know, this is you know, this is the draw that Hearts have been given, the the hand they've been dealt. So fair play to Hearts for going back, and they've obviously, I've got no, I'm not privy to any information. I just you know, we get, obviously they've gone back to the council and they've they've put a case to them and they've been allowed seven hundred more. To me, it still seems f- far too few. When you see the the amounts of fans allowed in elsewhere, but it's you know more is better, and it will be good to have an atmosphere in the ground again. In terms of the game, obviously Hearts going into the game nine competitive matches without conceding a goal. It's eleven for Craig Gordon for Hearts, six wins in a row if you include the two at the end of last season. But against Celtic, we are nine games without a win, um, and this is <laughs> this is a horrible one to look at. Our last 33 matches against Celtic, we have won two, drawn two, and lost 29. Right, is... let, let, me stop you, let me stop you right there. Yep. How many of, of those 29 defeats came with Celtic having a back four of Ralston, Welsh, Murray and Taylor? Well, none of them, because correct. Dane Murray only made his debut against Michelin. Well, c- correct. And, and how many of those four strike fear into the heart of the Hearts players. No, not at all. But I'm, I'm just saying we have an abysmal recent record against fine, them, which but... we need to do something about. Yeah. That, that's, uh, as a commentator, as, as you are as well, stats are there to be used and we can use them to our advantage and, and we can we, you can make stats any way you want them. You can tweak them to to suit an argument or whatever. The bottom line is... We, yeah, hearts are beating in the league against Celtic in over a year. Well, forget the whole Celtic history. <laughs> We've not conceded... We've not conceded since Neil Berry put through his own net back in 1989 or something. That's how, that's how it feels. This is all, this for me. This week's all, all about accentuating the positive, not about talking about um, specific records. It's like, look, it's about time we beat these, you know, what's um, for any game. Let's go out and do it. Let's get stuck in about them. Yeah. Um, no one's been able to score against us for however long. Uh, we've got Liam Boyce up front. Whether you believe it or not, it's it's about building the troops up. And I'm excited. that This has been a long time coming. And some people thought, mm, Celtic to start the season. I didn't mind it, but I'm excited about it now, given the way they've started the season. Yeah. I mean, 
in, in terms of Celtic, I think they do still. I think they do still look reasonably dangerous going forward. I, I watched their their game in the second leg against Mitchelland, but they are very inexperienced and lacking at the back. And I thought they actually looked the better side initially, Celtic against Mitchelland in the second leg. But after well, they were. the Danish side equalised. And they started to take the game to Celtic. The defence just looked so um, so lacking in confidence and they looked so weak at times. I think that means we do need to... You're right. We I think we have to take the game to them because their strengths will be going forward. Even though odds on Edward looks like he's... Well, it's not even looks like. We know he's he wants out. out. You know, he's he last 12 out. months. But they've got Turnbull, McGregor, Christy, Forrest, um, Abada, the new player I've heard good things about from Celtic fans and the flashes they've seen of him so far, but the yeah, back when five... Peter I mean, goes through, I mean, if, when Peter Hanning goes through a bad whatever he's called inside five minutes, and I kind of hey, welcome to Scottish Premier League, son, or whatever the hell it's called, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, Andy, 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 how are the yellow card watch? I mean, what, what are we going, over under half an hour on that one? <laughs> 30 seconds. If he plays. Uh, if indeed. He plays. Um, I'll get your heart's team in a second, but I mean, I was looking at, okay. at that Celtic back five, and it won't be the same back five, I don't think, that played against Mitchelland, who will play against Hearts, but you've got Scott Bain in goals, 24 league games in two years, he's only in because Barkas is so right. bad. Um, Anthony Ralston was playing right back, who played one game last season, he's got six games in three years for Celtic, he was on loan at St Wait, Johnston well. as well. Stephen Welsh, who's 21, was on loan at Greenock Morton two seasons ago. Dane Murray, 18, apparently a prospect, but he didn't make a senior debut until the home leg against Mitchelland. And Greg Taylor is a good player at left back, but he's still he's still only 23, and it was what until last season he was still really a squad player. So suddenly he's the the experienced best player in that defence. Now near Beaton will be available again, but I've never been overly convinced at him as a centre back. I know he was shifted there from a midfield position when they had to and there's Carl Starfelt the 26 year old Swedish international who might be fantastic but they've only just signed him he's yet to make an appearance so it's never easy when you're making a debut you've not played with that team before so they're there to be got at I think the big thing here for me is how we approach this game because if we give Celtic the ball and let them get the likes of McGregor and Turnbull and Forrest involved and they get to play it on their terms, I think that's where we could see this as a missed opportunity. I think we need to get at that defence. We need to take the game to them at Tynecastle. I agree. I agree with that. They, they, regardless of what we're just saying, we're, we're like the manager that's going through all the opposition and regardless of what they've done in their lives, they're shiting. You're, you're better than him. <laughs> they, they have good players middle to front, but that's that's why it's it's the onus is on us to 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 have a goal um, and to take the game to them where where possible. They're they're going to try and get the upper hand early doors, but I don't I don't mind a couple of long crossfield balls just to get them turn, get those defence oh, yeah. um, on their toes in the early stages. I'm 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 looking at a game from the past, right? Lustig, Shimunovic, Boyata, and Tierney in front of Craig Gordon, Forrest McGregor, and Sinclair behind Griffiths and Olivia and Cham and Scott Brown as the holders against a team that contained Connor Randall, Jamie Brandon, Prince Buabin, <laughs> Harry Cochran, David Malinkovic and Don Cowie with we John McLaughlin in the goal. We won 4-0 in that game. 
So you can you can analyze as much as you want. Oh, he's good. Oh, he might not get in our team, or uh, we wouldn't get in their team. It, it's all about application. We were up for the cup that day under Craig Levine, and Kyle Lafferty really enjoyed himself. Malinkovic got a couple of goals. Cochran had Brown in his pocket. It's about what you do on the day. We can talk about it all day long before the game, but we will know, I think, in the first five minutes if we're going to do something in that game at the weekend because we'll, we'll be able to tell if the players are coming flying out the traps or if they're like deer or rabbits caught in the headlights. So the Hearts team, I think most of it picks itself, uh, you know, uh, barring any injury issues. Gordon and goals, Suter, Halkett, Kingsley back three, Smith right, Cochrane left, Gino and Gary McKay-Steven flanking Liam Boyce. The big question for you, Mark mm. Donaldson, is who will partner Benny Beningame in the centre of midfield? <laughs> I can't hear that name without seeing that wonderful music video, Benny Benassi music video with um, <laughs> Yes. The, 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 work, the workers. I know, let's, I know which uh, one you mean. Let's call them. Um, Satisfaction. <clears throat> and, oh, yes, it certainly was. <laughs> so, what are we doing? What, what, are, we, are we playing our new signing? Our new uh, our new signing who's joined on a three-year deal, but has hardly played much at all. Are we throwing them straight in? Uh, or I, I mean, I don't know. Playing... I'm just, I'm just being, I'm just being well, facetious. But well, yeah. of course, I think Haring starts. I think Haring didn't play from the start against Inverness because he's going to start here. Mm-hmm. an interesting one for me. You've seen a lot of the preseason games. He hasn't really kicked on like we would have hoped, and he's not really had that many opportunities, has he, in the last couple of games? No, um, not sure. I'm not sure what the the reason is because I thought he was coming on to a game at the end of end of last season, got himself his first couple of goals. I'm not too sure. I, I think at the moment. You're looking at Haring and Halliday in the middle. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Probably, yeah. I would be surprised yep. if it wasn't that, and I think I would agree with that. Unless Benny Beningame comes in and when Robbie Nielsen has him um, in for a training session or two, he thinks, oh, geez, this guy's phenomenal. He's on his game. They won't know what's hit him. I mean, quickly circling back to Beningame, you know, neither of us, I don't think of, I've not seen him in the flesh I've seen some clips no. but I've not seen him properly but obviously I have to touch upon him very briefly so 22 year old um, English slash Congolese he was born in Congo but brought up in England uh, signs on a three year deal and I suppose if we, we look at both sides of it the eyebrows will be raised at the fact that someone obviously is getting a three year deal who's played three matches in three years at senior level one on loan at Wigan and two at Derby County, someone who has had some injury issues, which has kept him out. Just 15 senior appearances in total, in fact, in his career so far, even at the age of 22. However, um, made 12 appearances for Everton in 2017-2018 under David Unsworth, eight of them in the Premier League. And from what Joel Sked did a, a nice little piece on him talking about him, he seems to be a sitting midfielder with lots of energy, hard working, hard into the tackle. We obviously, I know you. I know you don't like to make too many comments on players that we haven't seen. But on paper, if we're talking about that type of player, where, where does this fit in then? Because I feel like we do have lots of um, not defensive midfielders, but those type of midfielders in the, that team. You know, where, where does he fit in if we're playing, especially if we're playing as three four three? 
Well, if he has a defensive midfielder, we don't have a young defensive midfielder, do we? And Peter Haring, Andy Halliday can play in a deeper role. I think Finley Pollock's more of a... I would probably call him a box-to-box as opposed to defensive midfielder. Which Finley is what Mark Enough would probably be as well. Yeah, and, and exactly. So I think he's he's the, the, the kind of legs in that position that gives us an option in there. For, for those moaning and looking at his record and seeing injuries and whatever, if he was a good player and part of the Everton squad, he wouldn't be at Hearts. We, like many other clubs... Are, are, are like a footballing refuge for players that have either lost their way a little bit or showed promise um, but didn't quite live up to that. So because of all that, you're never going to get every signing right. They are, for all intents and purposes, a, a gamble. So we don't. We haven't seen him in training. We 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 don't know uh, the background. To the player, there might be reasons why he's not played as much as he has. But the people who gave him the deal, whoever whoever signed off on it, whoever suggested, look, he might he might have said his age, he might have said, I'm not coming up unless you give me a three year deal because he was he had a year left on his uh, on his Everton deal. So you pr- you're pretty much you have to give him that. Plus, if he's saying, well, I'm not coming up unless you give me a three then that's the decision you've got to make. You live or, or die by those decisions. Whoever made the Loic de Moore decision made a shocker. You're not going to get them all right. So what you're looking for is more right than not. And I'm not going to comment about the player because I don't know the player. We, the proof of the pudding will, will, shortly, be, will shortly be seen. Um, question is, do you, do you throw him in? Well, that's not for us to just We don't know. Robbie, Lee, Gordon, Stephen Naismith, they will... Look at him in training. They will see how fit he is. You know what? Even if he's only there for a for an hour, plays the, the first hour, I think it's it might be one of those adrenaline things. It might be easier to play the first hour than, than to come on and get up for something. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we will know by the team selection at the weekend against Celtic what he has shown in training, i.e. if he starts, then he's clearly shown something. And if he doesn't get 90 minutes, then there's others that can come on. If he does start, Who do we play him alongside? If he doesn't start, who's our two in the middle? Okay, well, we'll circle back to Celtic just before the end because I want to, I want to get a prediction from you, Mark, on four nil. What you? Oh, you're going? You're throwing that in right now. Four nil Celtic. No, four nil Hearts. Okay. I'll go back to that. But uh, t- one, one more than them. That's all that matters. But we'll, we'll have a Indeed. prediction at the end. Indeed. Um, in terms of the season ahead, before we get the league season underway, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you <sighs> think Hearts will achieve this campaign. It, it was funny. I was on a different podcast earlier this week with... What? Um, not a Hearts one. This was a, a general Scottish football one. And we, there was representatives for every Premiership club. So it was 12, That's a good idea. 13 in total on the podcast, one hosting and someone representing each club. And um, it's funny because, you know, throughout the discussion, I, I think I put this out on Twitter, I was talking about, you know, Hearts fans can be unrealistic, what they expect from the team going up. We've only finished third once in the last 10 years. Um, you know, the squad's still threadbare. We don't know what the squad's going to look like necessarily by the end of the transfer window, first season back up. Blah, 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 blah. And then the Hibs fan on it 
started talking about Hearts will be bottom six, Hibs are going to get third comfortably. So it came back to me and I said, Hearts will finish third. <laughs> Immediately on the defensive, I was like, Hearts will finish third. Yeah, no, we're going to go third. I can't go any less than that. If he thinks Hibs are going third, I'm going third. So I've um, I've gone optimistic. I don't know if that's what I can really stick by, if I'm truthful to myself. But I find it difficult this season because I put this out there and I'll, I'll come back to you on what your thoughts are. So I put this out there on Twitter to, to get some thoughts. And I would say on the, on the whole, there's a, an air of pessimism, I would suggest, about the new season. Um, I'll, I'll go through some of the responses here. Kenny Logan says, unless our away form improves, we could be stuck in the bottom half for a while. Three difficult home games and three away that we'll probably get very little from could mean a very long season ahead. Um, Old Castle Rocks is fifth if we keep the current first team for the majority of the season. Any injuries, it'll be a struggle to make the top six as we have little squad depth. Um, Kenny Hunter, pedestrian and easily nullified, but still finishing sixths. Um, Ian said, I can see us struggling to get top six unless there's a change of management. Um, David Presley, fifth in the league, out next round of the League Cup, semi of the Scottish. Paul Moshe, no signings in the pipeline, I'd suggest sixths. Um, Graham Douglas, I doubt we'll finish top four unless we add some serious talent to the squad. Competing with St Mirren for sixth place. Um, Bry Pie, mid-table consolidation. Gail says, I'd like to say third of the team we have, but if we play like we have, we'll be lucky to be top six. Um, oh, here, here we go. Pants shat on. Um, the Doommongers are labouring under the misapprehension that our rivals are any good. I see no reason why we can't finish third. Also, a good chance as any in other any other club in the cup, uh, any other club of winning a trophy, bar the old firm. Um, so there we go. There's one that counters it. But on the whole, Mark, an air of, I would say, pessimism ahead of the new season? Or is it realism? I think it's realism. Uh, I think that's that's spot on. Pessimism comes with the territory. It's very difficult, and I'm glad that we a lot of people haven't kind of fallen into the trap of uh, you look at the name and you think, oh, well, they, we should be third or fourth. <laughs> the One trap of the that I've fallen into in, in that podcast earlier in the week. We all, we, exactly. We, we all do. And I, I've tried to be more realistic. I'm, I'm, I'm going with a more realistic approach. Uh, I remember our predictions for last season, and you had us winning the World Cup. Did I even have us conceding uh, a goal? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if you had us losing a game. Um, so I, I definitely didn't have us losing that. a game, but I think I maybe, I maybe eventually said we'd drop some points, but I think we had us undefeated. <laughs> so I, I like the fact that there isn't that kind of um, that thought process of. Uh, we, we're, we've been shite and suddenly we're going to be good, great, whatever. Um, so I, I also think um, one of the other quotes was, was spot on. I don't think there's much quality in, in this league outside no. of Rangers. Um, That's the so big thing, I think. I mean, leave, Hibs, what does that leave us with? Hibs were the best team outside Celtic Rangers last season. Um Third Nesbitt, place. By the way, Kevin, Kevin Nesbitt, sorry, Kevin Nesbitt is desperate to go. Absolutely, he's, he's represented by Jim Trainer, by the way. And um, <laughs> Fuck. I, he is, he is. He's Jim Trainer's his agent, and uh, they're desperately trying to get him a move. He was pissed that he didn't get the chance to move to Birmingham um, when that bid came in. So, um, if if they lose him, which is likely, 
and they're doing really well, by the way, if they can keep him uh, after the transfer window shots. Josh Doig's another one. Um, I, I'm a bit. I've softened up a little bit on Aberdeen, given good first leg result. Thinking, yeah, I know they lost two 0 but the job the job was done at Petodre. Uh J. Emmanuel Thomas, Scott Brown, a um, couple of others. The American kid they signed's decent. So initially, I thought, oh, I don't think they'll be top six. I've, I've, I've changed. I'm allowed to to move the goalpost. So, um, do you want to go first with your? I can give you a top six right now, or do you want to do it first? And I'll tell you where Hearts oh, have got. How do you want to play this? Oh, oh how much detail? Are you looking for an actual top order. six? Top six order. order. Um, ugh, nah. I'll go first if you want to give you a chance to think. Go on then. Or you go on then. Go on. Okay. Rangers, I think it'll, it'll be a cakewalk for them. I think mm-hmm. by the time Celtic sort their shit out, they'll be far too far behind Rangers. Um, and Rangers will win the league comfortably. Mm-hmm. Celtic should be in second if they don't. <laughs> I don't know how many managers they've gone through. Um, but let's put Celtic second, right? Because if I'm yeah. saying this, the rest of the standard is shit, then you can't have anybody else. So third place, I'm going to go St. Johnston. That's going to be my surprise. I just think, I think they've done because they, they just they, there's no flair or, or very little flair. They just do it well. They they find a way and they get the job done. They're not pretty, but there's a one nil and a nil nil away from home and they're expected to lose. They probably won't finish third, but I'm going to go them third. Um, Hibs in fourth, although I don't want them to be fourth, and I'm not sure they will be if they lose Nisbet. Hibs in fourth if they keep Nisbet. Aberdeen in fifth and Hearts in sixth. I think Hearts will be top six. Six would be the minimum I would hope for. I would be, honestly, I'd be disappointed if we didn't get top four. But realistically, I think sixth, potentially fifth. But I think, I think after that, it's going to be a a tough ask. Um, With the players that we have right now, I think it would be a disgrace if we didn't finish top six. But, how much has changed since we won, what, three or four games at the end of the previous season when we were in the, the top flight and we were utterly abysmal? So that's where the realism comes in. And that's why uh, I think the majority of people that, that you read out have got us in fifth or sixth. I think that's where we'll be, fifth or sixth. What about you? I think we'll be minimum fifth. Okay. I think it'll come down to, in my opinion... Aberdeen and Hibs, if Hibs can carry on what they achieved last season and if Aberdeen can, I guess, get to where they want to under Stephen Glass, I still like you, I I find them a little bit of a hard one to predict are they going to go down the route of us when we made some of these changes with a Cathro or something and completely implode or is it going to kick on, are they going to be the real deal Um, I'm, you know, I, I was I was stupidly, maybe not stupidly, but I was overly optimistic possibly on this podcast early in the week. But I kind of have to stick to my guns now. I have to double down. You know, as the Limmy, you know, the Limmy clip. Don't back down, double down. Don't back down, double down. <laughs> yeah, it's like you go on 10 podcasts, you have 10 different answers, and then one of them comes in, I told you so. I have to, I have to double down on that. I have to, I'll be honest. I, I think we should, and I, I know Robbie Nielsen was in the press and people will jump on it as they always do, but he's saying, effectively saying they're targeting top six, but there will be, a, you know, if you read between the lines, that's not what they'll be targeting. That's the kind of minimum, I think. I think if we don't finish top six, I don't think 
there's no way Robbie Nielsen can stay on. I think I think that's got to be his minimum target. Um, maybe a cup win could slightly change that. But I'm going to go third. I'm going to go third. I'm going to go Hibs. You know, you've said the top two. Can't disagree with that. I'm going to go Hearts third. I'm going to go Hibs at Aberdeen fourth. I can't decide. And I don't care below that. Well, there's a lot of imponderables here because you've got potential, um, is it conference league European football, if that's the case, on a Thursday night. So therefore, you've got, if teams qualify, uh, let's talk outside of, of Rangers and Celtic. If, if any of the other teams qualify, Hibs or Aberdeen for the, or St. Johnson as well, of course, because they won the cup, um, for Europa League or, or Conference League group stages, that, that changes things. I, I, would, I wouldn't I would have any of those teams higher or as high as I had them if they end up with six extra fixtures because I think yeah. it would be a great achievement to get there. So again, you, you can throw that into it. There's a best-case scenario and a worst-case scenario here. Let's look at best-case scenario. Why not third? Seriously. Well, that's There's, what I'm thinking. Well, but this is best case scenario. You had best case scenario last season, and and it's never best case scenario. But it's nice to talk about best case scenario. So yeah, why not third? Yeah. Because what what do we have to finish ahead of? Are there any teams out with? Well, certainly out with Rangers. But let's forget Celtic as well here. Right? Just say they've they've gone into the the distance in the top two, so we're playing for third. Which of those other teams? Those other ten teams in the league. Are you frightened of? Are you fearful of? Do you think, yeah, they've got a much better squad than us? There's not many at all. None. Hibs were the third best team in the league last season by by seven points ahead of Aberdeen in the end. I thought they were fairly deserving of third place from what I saw of yeah, they, they, uh, matches. They were and we beat them. But, and we beat them. Well, that's the thing. They, they shit the bed on, on, in big games. Whether it's at Hamden in cup finals or semi-finals against us, I just don't trust them. But do I trust hard? So best case scenario is third. Because why not? I'm a I'm a I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Mark. What can I say? Fine. Now what's worst case scenario? <laughs> we don't get fifth. top six. Fifth. No. Worst case scenario is not fifth. <laughs> worst, case, worst, worst case scenario is finishing bottom, obviously. Correct. Hopefully that won't happen. No. No. There, there's no, if if that if that if that happens with the other teams in that league and the other players, we got in relegated that league, with a nine million pound wage bill two seasons oh, ago. I know. Now, what I'm saying is never. It seen won't be that there now. Has to be a best case scenario. There has to be a worst case scenario. I think it'll be somewhere in between, and I'll be surprised if Hearts aren't top six. Where okay. do I think? Where do I think we'll finish? Fifth. Okay. Okay. Fine. Accepted. But, we, there's, but but there's no way that we shouldn't be targeting third. Hundred percent. It's like we've got to be best of the rest. Give me a European spot right now for next season. I'm taking it. There you go. Right, I have a quiz for you before Ooh, we go this is week. It, oh, is it uh, an opening day quiz? It is. 
Mm. Read my mind. So it's a wee mix. I've got some multiple choice. I've got some true or false. I've kind of thrown a whole you know, a big variety bag um, at you go. here. I'll, I'll fire through these quite quickly because I've got 10. Mm. I've got 10. Um, okay. And like before, if you've not heard before, I will go through them and I will not ask Mark to answer as I ask the questions so you can have a chance to think about it when you're listening at home. And then at the end of going through the 10, I'll go back through and we'll get the answers. So I'm, I'm aware that this might drag a little bit if I don't go through it with a bit of purpose. So let's okay. crack on. So this is the opening day quiz and it's all opening league games, okay. I should mention. Okay, so... Good. Question one. This is a true or false. Since 2014, Hart's opening league game has been against Celtic more than it's been against any other club. So since 2014, Hearts have played Celtic on the opening league game of the season more than they've played anyone else. True or false? Okay. Question two. When was the last time that Hearts defeated Celtic in their opening league game of the season? Now I've got three options. So was it A, 1941? Oh God. B, <laughs> 1967? Or C, 1985? So the last time that Hearts defeated Celtic in the opening league game of the season. 1941, 67. Or 85. If you were listening to the John Calhoun podcast, you'll know it's not the third one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, question three. True or false? Hearts have met Celtic more than they've met any other side in the opening game of the league season. So that's ever. True I or false? I wish I knew where you got these because there'll be a lot of guesswork, I think. Okay. Hearts have met Celtic more than they've met any other side in the opening league game of the season. Okay. Question four. Who was the last player to score for Hearts against Celtic on the opening day of the league season? A. Ismael Gonçalves B. Jamie Walker or C. Kyle Lafferty So, last Hearts player to score against Celtic opening league game of the season Isma, Walker, or Lafferty? Mm. Question five. Hearts um, have played 64 home matches on the opening day of the league season in the past. How many have they won? A, 24, B, 38, or C, 43. So, 64 home matches on the opening day of the league season previously, how many have they won? 24, 38, or 43? Question 6. This is impossible to cheat. I know a lot of them are. Um, some of them you could cheat, but hopefully you wouldn't. Um, Hearts have only ever played their opening league game of the season on the 31st of July once before. This was against St. Johnston in 1999. What was the score? So, only once before have Hearts opened their league season on the 31st of July against St. Johnston, 1999. What was the scoreline? 
Question 7. The last time Hearts won at home in the opening Premiership game of the season was also against St Johnston. This was 2015. Also the season they last went back up after having been relegated. They won 4-3. Who were the goal scorers? So 4-3 in 2015. That was the last time Hearts won at home in the opening Premiership game of the season. They obviously won at home in the Championship last season. 4-3 against St Johnston. Who were the goal scorers? Question 8. When was the last Edinburgh Derby league opening game of the season? Oh, a good question that is. So the last time there was an Edinburgh Derby as the opening league game of the season. When was it? Okay. Now the last two are Celtic related. I thought I'd chuck them in there because there's some interesting stuff around them. So... When was the last time that Celtic dropped points on the opening league game of the season? Oh, so what I've a good question that is. I've got three options. I've got A, Dunfermline in 2003, B, Kilmarnock in 2007, or C, Inverness in 2010. So which was the last game that Celtic dropped points, not necessarily lost, but dropped points, and the opening league game of the season. Dunfermline 2003, Kilmarnock 2007, or Inverness in 2010. Now, the tenth and final question um, probably gives away that the last question was not a defeat, but this is also Celtic. So this is the last time Celtic lost on the opening day of the league season. So I've got three more options for you. So last time Celtic lost their opening league game of the season... Was it A, Hibs, 1997, B, Motherwell in 2005, or was it C, Hearts in 2006? So the last time Celtic lost on the opening day of the league season, Hibs in 97, Motherwell in 2005, or Hearts in 2006? Okay, right. Right. Ten questions. Let's go back through them. So, question yes. one. True or false? Since 2014, Hearts' uh, opening league game of the season has been against Celtic more than any other club. Are we including championship games there? Because the, yep, the, just the, since 2014. Oh, we are? Yep. In any league? Yep, since 2014. Um, true. Correct. Yes. Hearts have played Celtic twice. Uh, since 2014 in the opening day of the season, 2016 and 2017. So this will be the third time in six years that they've played Celtic in the opening day. They've actually not played anyone um, twice in that time because it was Rangers 2014, St Johnston 2015, Celtic, Celtic, Hamilton, Aberdeen, Dundee, and now back to Celtic. So we are familiar with them in recent times. Um, But question two... When was the last time that Hearts defeated Celtic in their opening league game of the season? So you had 1941, 1967 or 1985. You already said that you know that John Cahoon um, mentioned it's not 85. So No, because they equalised late on, very late on, 90th minute, Paul McStay. I think it's 1941. It is, correct. 1941, Hearts won 3-0 at Tynecastle during the old wartime league. So the last time 
Hearts beat Celtic wow. in the opening day of the season. And it was 80 years ago. Question three. True or false? Hearts have met Celtic more times than any other side on the opening game of the league season. Yes. Uh, true. It's false. Before now, we've met Dundee more than anyone else. 12 times we've met Dundee. However, on Saturday, we will equal that with Celtic. So Celtic will move on to 12 as well. Um, we've played that. 11 times against Celtic previously on the opening day of the league season. We've won three, we've drawn one, and we've lost seven. Question four. Who was the last player to score against Celtic on the opening day of the league season for Hearts? A. Isma or Esmael Gonçalves, B. Jimmy Walker, or C. Kyle Lafferty? Jimmy Walker scored a penalty... But was that the last one? I'll go Jamie Walker, because I can't remember who if there was one since. That's who I had in my head as well, but it is incorrect. The answer is actually Isma, uh, because we played them at Celtic Park the season after. we. So Jamie Walker scored against them at Tynecastle in 2016, uh, but 2017 okay. they opened did. the season at home to us. That's right. Um, and we it's lost 4-1. wasn't it? Yeah, Walker scored a penalty at Tynecastle the year previous, but following the sacking of Ian Cathro, John Daly was in charge when we went to Celtic Park. We lost 4-1, but Isma scored a consolation goal. So hopefully we'll be adding more names to that list on Saturday. Um, Question five. Hearts have played 64 home matches in the opening day of the league season in the past. How many have they won? 24, 38 or 43? 38. Ah, well done. Correct. 38 is the right answer. They've won 38, they've drawn 8, and they've lost 18, and they've scored 150 goals, and they've conceded 87. So we'll hopefully be up to about 155, 156 after Saturday night. (laughs) And obviously there won't be any more on top of the 87. No. Question 6. Hearts have only ever played their opening league game of the season on the 31st of July once before that was against St Johnston in 1999 what was the score 4-1 4-1 yes correct I remember it well we wore that um, kit that is not always the most popular with the lots of maroon lines on it the away kit and it was at McDermott Park and Gary McSwagan Thomas Flugel a Darren Dodds own goal and a Colin Cameron goal Give Hearts a comfortable 4-1 victory. Question 7. The last time Hearts won at home in the opening Premiership game of the season was also against St Johnston. 2015, they won 4-3. Who were the goal scorers? Um, I can't give you all four, but I can remember Juanma got an early opener. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did Callum Patterson score? He did. He scored the third. Did. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Did Osman So score? He did not. Um, two from. I'm, I'm happy with two from four. I can't remember okay. the other two. Juanma, Walker, Patterson, and Sam Nicholson. 
where the four four scorers in a, a seven goal thriller. Um, I would take a seven goal thriller to to start the season as we Craig back Gordon up again. Wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. But, no, but I would, like you said before, one goal more than the opposition. Yeah, that's all we need. Um, question eight: When was the last Edinburgh Derby League opening game of the season? Gee, I don't know. I don't know because I remember the five one. Um, but that was I, see, the I think game of the I think I think you should know this. I think you should. I know probably this one. should. I, there's certain things in, in in your mind that you can easily have a recall ability, and I'll probably be going. Oh, why didn't I get that? Um, is it since I left? No, no, no. You would have been you'd have been working for this game. I remember a game at Tyne Castle. Uh, now, was that the game that John O'Neill did his shoulder? No. 2007. Hart and Midlothian nil. Hibernian won. It's the first game after Craig Gordon left. So Robbie Nielsen oh. was captain. And Brian Kerr scored an early goal. And it ended 1-0 Hibs. It can't just be me. When you lose to Hibs, you, you just block it out. quickly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually glad I didn't get that one because I, I don't even remember the game. I blocked it out. It wasn't a good game. I think it was... Um, I, know, I remember Benny Eusis coming on. and it Oh, Jesus. Might have been his debut. I'd have to double-check that. It was definitely an early game of his. It was a, it was a, bad, it was a bad game for us. Okay, two, two questions to go. These are both Celtic ones. So, question nine. When was the last time Celtic dropped points on the opening league game of the season? So we've got Dunfermline 2003, Kilmarnock 2007, or Inverness in 2010? So the Inverness game in 2010 was just before I left to come over here, and I think Celtic won that one. So I'll say Kilmarnock um, in August 2007, because I believe they beat Dunfermline, I think, uh, in 03. Correct, about... The Inverness and the Kilmarnock things. You got the right answer. It was Kilmarnock in 2007. Jim Jeffries' Kilmarnock site held the champions on the opening day at Celtic Park 0-0. They did defeat Inverness 1-0 away from home in 2010. They drew it on as well, but it was four years years earlier, back in 2003, also 0-0. But those are draws. When was the last time Celtic lost on the opening league game of the season? Was it Hibs in 97, Motherwell 2005, or Hearts in 2006? Um, the Hibs game was not only Henrik Larsson's debut, but Craig Burley's debut as well, and they lost that. But the Motherwell game, the, that might have been that daft high score and draw. And what was the other one? The, the Hearts, Hearts game? in 2006. Oh, Hearts, Bednar scored twice. Oh, that's the that's the answer then. That was the, the last one's the answer, because Bednar scored twice. It's incorrect. Hey! Because, because that was the second game of the season. Um, oh, piss like off! <laughs> what? Not, not a question. My head's buckled with all these bloody questions, and you throw in a curveball. No, I'm not having that. What was the, read the question out again. When so was the, the last time Celtic lost on the opening day? Why you can't give that as a as an alternative? Sorry, as an option. When it's Why not, not even it's, that's illegal. 
Uh, Hearts won away to Dunfermline on the opening day, and then they beat Celtic home in their first home game. You've given one of the options as an illegal option. No, I I didn't say all the options were opening games of the season. That's the... Honestly, that's that's nonsense. That's the whole uh, point. I mean, you, to give you, a... you, you could say, you could say, <laughs> was it Mullerwell? Was it Kamonic? Or was it Kenny Katona? Hey, come on! <laughs> I didn't no. say that all the answers I, were honestly. opening. So the answer is actually because you were right oh, about Mullerwell. Mullerwell 2005 was four four. So it was Hibs. Hibs, Hibs in 1997, two one. You were right. Necessary. Henrik Larsson's debut when he came off the bench gave the ball away to Chick Charnley with his first touch of the ball who then scored the winner and um, Celtic fans were all about who's this useless Swedish player we've signed and how did that work out but anyway yeah Bob 1997 Holness. Bob Holness is turning in his grave right now at the <laughs> actions of a quiz master which <laughs> just you're just because you've you have been a really really good quiz master since you started doing this, and I enjoy it. Um, I had a bit of feedback as well, and a lot it seems to be the, a few of the listeners enjoy it as well. But that you've 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 got a black mark against your name, son. That's disappointing. Whatever. Right before we go, um, are we going to have some satisfaction on? Saturday night, Mark. Uh, when it comes to the football, I don't want that to be taken in the wrong way. Um, <laughs> Heart Celtic. <laughs> dear, dear me. We, we might have so f- that last question, but no, not anymore. Um, it's stop. Get get over it. Right, Heart Celtic prediction. What's going to happen? Come on. Hearts are going to win. Score. Two one. Two one. We're going to concede a goal. Yeah, but Craig Craig Gordon will go off to get his. Uh, his hair looked at and will concede while <laughs> he is off the pitch. It'll be one of these hair subs that have just been introduced, so it won't count towards his clean sheet. Um, yeah, 2-1. Two, two um, and I can't wait. Honestly, I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited about this. That excitement will soon disappear. We'll probably lose our first few games and it'll be misery again. But you know what? When your team hasn't conceded to start a season and he hasn't lost a game to start a season, you can be optimistic. The rest of the yep. season, let's be miserable. Fine, okay, I'll accept that. But not not this week. Benny Benassi will, will, will score the winning goal and, and, and we'll beat Celtic 2-1. Yep, I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go slightly more optimistic because that's the way this is going. So... <laughs> Wow. 3-1 hearts, so third place, 3-1. maybe a cup. Bring it on. Oh dear, and then the drugs wear off. And we'll be back next time on our come down after all these two wear off <laughs> <laughs> to analyse hearts nil Celtic 4. Now hopefully not, but we'll be back next week either way. So thanks for tuning in. Push me and then just touch me till I can get my satisfaction. Push me and then just touch me till I can get my satisfaction.